Welcome to an inquiry into freedom with uh, Ron and Alan, your hosts. So, Ron, uh, quickly, um, I wanted to. Uh, last time we talked, the World Economic Forum was taking place. And oh, yeah, the WTF? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got your email <laughs> regarding that. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that a lot of people are starting to recognize that this is a group of uh, elitists who really don't matter. And they're, they're not as... Uh, they're not taken as seriously as they used to be. Um, although I still think they remain a clear and present danger to the world. And especially this guy. <clears throat> um, let's just listen to his unhinged rant. We are not winning. The crisis is still getting worse faster than we are deploying these solutions. And we need to make changes quickly. Emissions are still going up. All these promises of the last few years to cut emissions, emissions are still going up. When are we going to bring these emissions down? And, and just to put the science in a, a slightly different context, people are familiar with that thin blue line that the uh, astronauts bring back in their pictures from space. That's the, that's the part of the atmosphere that has oxygen, the troposphere. Uh, and it's only five to seven kilometers thick. That's what we're using as an open sewer. If you could drive a car straight up in the air at interstate highway speeds, you'd get to the top of that blue line in five minutes. And all the greenhouse gas pollution would be below you. We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question. I can't handle any more of that bullshit. Yeah, he loses me as soon as I figure out who he is. I mean, does anybody know who he is anymore? Number one. Number two, uh, this is the same guy that said the earth was going to end in 2015. Uh, and he said that well, in 2010. First of all, rather than you know he says the boiling oceans yeah, can, we're, we're i have that. yet to i haven't seen one boiling ocean much less plural no but i'm sure he so, dipped his ass in a uh 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 hot spring somewhere and maybe maybe his his old ass can't figure the two differences figure out what those differences are well i mean it wouldn't surprise me but my the gosh, man's brain I mean, is just fried he's an idiot well, yeah, no argument from me on that here, one. Here, here, we'll just follow that with another idiot. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. When somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Valen. Happy birthday to you. So <laughs> here's Mumbles the Clown, a.k.a. President uh, Joe Moron. I mean Biden. I wonder if Lou was embarrassed. Uh, he's he's <laughs> happy birthday. He forgot her name. You yeah, know? to Lou. Martin Luther poor, King III's wife. Poor I mean, who dare you? Why these people? I, I'm just so. Again, I'm just so. Uh, well, if you're not careful, your heart's going to attack you. That's all I have to say. I'm just so taken aback sometimes by. No. So stupid people. news. Stupid news. Only one thing. I only have one thing today for stupid news. Uh, the guy that just sung "Happy Birthday" is still the president of the United States. That's yeah. that's the stupid news for the day. Yeah, we have very low standards in this country. Uh, do we oh, have any that, at all? that brings up the whole thing about we can't handle a million uh, immigrants coming into the country. What if it's billions? And I'm like. Are you kidding me? Uh, isn't this whole global warming thing going to affect everyone? I mean, how, what makes Bozo think that everyone's going to be coming into our country? I mean, isn't this whole global warming catastrophe? So what do you? What, what does that mean? We just like fly everybody from India into the United States, and you know, uh, well, half of China. If we could choose where to get immigrants from, India might, you know, that's actually been a pretty good source of people for us. No, so I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm just saying. No, 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 that's that's a good thing. So is the Philippines. They've been yeah. great immigrants. Um, all, the, all the people from Beja, you know, from my home country, my home island, I mean. Um, but. Yeah, what a bunch of morons. But I, but also, there was something else the clown said. Uh, um, anyway, it must not have been that important, but it, something caught... Oh. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. No, the, the greenhouse gas thing. He's talking about all of these emissions going up, even though they've been cut so much. And that's the dirty truth about the whole climate change agenda, is that the emissions that supposedly boil the oceans aren't coming from us, are not going to come from uh, England or Europe either. They're going to come from uh, developing countries in Latin America and uh, in India. Uh, in Africa, that these all these numbers don't even count Africa. That's assuming Africa just stays the same. So, you know, it doesn't matter what we do, is my point. Is if we're going to continue having a developing world, then the, then the rising emissions are going to come from the places that are developing, and that's why these emissions are going up. It has nothing to do with us. Well, no, and that's why I mentioned uh, in one of our previous episodes the amount of recycling that takes place in the United States alone. Yeah. Um, and and the the uh, 
article that you sent me in, uh, on mass psychosis. Oh, mm -hmm. that, that, that the mass media has, you know, made a very gullible portion of our society in this country. Um, so there are people that are, um, very easily manipulated or convinced or so I don't know if you've ever, if you believe in hypnosis. I mean, if you believe in that article, then you have to, right? Well, I look at it as hypnosis isn't something to believe in. It is something. No, but I think either you either you can believe that it happens or it doesn't. But I don't look at it as a belief system. Just like I don't believe in capitalism, I I believe that it it is a way of uh, economics and philosophy that that works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, I I think hypnosis works for some people. So so you have to be very impressionable for something like that to happen. And and uh, I'll I'll explain in pr my own personal experience. So I had a back injury once, and you you know about back injuries. Um, and so part of the physical therapy that they sent me through was I went to, um, I don't know the name of the doctor and I don't know the name of the procedure. I don't even know if it's still in practice, but they hooked me up to these, these wires. All, I mean, all the way around the, my chest, my back, my sides, multiple, it's almost like a hundred EKGs, right? Wow. And <clears throat> they use like a pulse therapy, uh, muscle stimulation and, and so on and so forth. But one of the things that I went through was hypnosis therapy. I never worked for me. Um, where they, they literally try to hypnotize you and, and, and convince your mind that you are not in as much pain as you think you are. And I have seen uh, people be hypnotized. Yeah. And then I have seen people who, like me, who uh, someone's tried to hypnotize and doesn't work. You have to... You, you have to believe in something like that. You have to, you have to be impressionable or uh, dare I say weak minded. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's the right terminology. Well, um, my personal view on it is, is that you have to be someone who is willing to yield control over yourself to someone else. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I can't, I can't be hypnotized either. And I have tried. Yeah, I, I, yeah I just, it doesn't work. Uh, uh, yeah, an old friend of mine in the Teamsters Union, uh, who's long past now, he went. Uh, he was a muckety muck in Chicago, and he he was trying to quit smoking. He, he used to smoke two packs of Winston's a day, and I mean, he would eat Rolaids, and you know, it's just part of the high strung job that he had. I mean, he was one of the top uh, three, four people in the Teamsters in the seventies. Well. He went to this psychologist who was going to, or someone who was going to hypnotize him to quit smoking. And the guy says, do, 
so are you willing to try to uh, try this or uh, are you willing to give hypnosis a try or something like that? And he pulls, he said, he pulled that hundred dollar bill. And he said, I bet you this hundred dollar bill that you can't do it. <laughs> 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 and yet I know someone, you may even know her, um, uh, who used to come in the Cowboys that, I was with her. Remember the comedy club, the comedy center or some comedy club, whatever it was by Cowboys. Yeah. Um, so, so we went in there uh, once with her uh, parents <clears throat> and the guy on stage was uh, doing this hypnosis act mm-hmm. and he, she's highly suggestible. So um, she did the hypnosis on stage and everything. And I'm like, how embarrassing that was. Her favorite position, and she's I'm like sitting with her parents, and they're looking at me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I've seen sim- similar things like that yeah. you're, like you're talking about." Yeah, it's like, "Oh gosh!" I, I've so, seen people. Anyway. I've seen people like um, be hypnotized to act like they're a, a an infant drinking out of a baby bottle. I mean, I don't, I I don't know if that stuff is real or not. I mean, it's ha- it happened right in front of my face. But you're you're very accurate in what you say. You have to be a you know sig- uh, very open to you know giving up control. Yeah, yeah. Some people can do that, and, and some can't. I'm not someone can. No, uh, and I think when it comes to certain issues, uh, COVID. Um, and lockdowns and mask wearing and mandates and climate change, these these existential threats to humanity, uh, our mass media is playing the game along with these people from the World Economic Forum and 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 even some of the scientists. Well, they so, have convinced well, they have convinced human humans number one they have convinced humans that we're all going to die if we don't do something like Al Gore said immediately you said well, that in I'm just wondering if if the oceans wouldn't the boiling oceans like sterilize everybody so that you know, I well I mean wouldn't we we, we, wouldn't have, oceans, we wouldn't have to catch shrimp anymore we just go there and scoop them out with a Exactly. A deep fryer uh, spatula and, and you know, have dinner on the beach. So we found the fatal flaw in their whole thinking. <laughs> it had to do with the boiling oceans. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've gone into plenty of uh, oceans that border the United States, and not a single one of them was boiling. Yeah. I don't know where that's occurring. I mean, maybe it is, but I've never seen it. I've never, I've never seen the mass media show that on TV. And you would, you could bet your bottom dollar that Joe and Micah would have that on their show every morning. I mean, if if it, well, I can see it happening during a volcano, volcano sure. thing. Yeah. But then, what? That's another dirty little secret, though, is that there, the CO two release from those volcanic uh, eruptions wipe out you know, 20 years of driving an electric car, and that doesn't even count all the coal that you're, you're burning to create the electricity. So, 
you know, the so volcanic stuff is worse than than cars. Yeah, and how many years before our existence were volcanoes? I mean, yeah, exactly. And the atmosphere is still here. Mm-hmm. So I'll just, you know, I'm taking a risk saying this, but that man that we played uh, the the first one, uh, former vice president, when he stops wasting our precious resources, the day he stops using air will be a better day for humanity. <laughs> well, that's true. That's no argument there either. I mean, can you imagine that guy was once one life away from the presidency? I mean... Well, and so, yeah, that's one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, we, we have an election coming up in a very, very short time, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are starting to hint around for their their run, and Mike Pence is one of them. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mike. No, nobody wants to be like Mike. Not not no. that Mike. Not that Mike. Classified Mike. Yeah. Uh, and not everybody likes that Mike. Um, so no. understand. He's a, understand. He's a governor. Yeah. Well. I, so my view on vice presidents are this: they're a political pawn for a president to win an election. Um. The reason Mike Pence was chosen was because he was very well liked in Indiana. And Trump knew strategically that that would be a wise choice for him to make because that kind of guaranteed that Indiana would fall into that cat- in his category, which, I mean, every state that he won would be a benefit. So vice presidents aren't chosen, uh, in my opinion, for uh, their accomplishments or, you know, their intelligence. I mean, look at what we have right now. Look at at Al Gore. Look at, uh, my gosh, Dan Quayle. I mean, nobody knows these people. George Bush. Yeah, no, nobody knew these people before they came. If you'd have said to me five years ago, whatever, in 2014, uh, if you'd have said to me, have you, have you ever heard of Mike Pence? I'd have been like, who? And, and most people, when, when Trump announced Mike Pence, they didn't know who he was. No, probably not. And, and you know, they make a big deal out of... Uh, Oh, they don't get along. It's kind of like, you know, I think it's pretty apparent that Joe and Kamala, Kamala, uh, uh, don't get along. Most presidents and vice presidents don't get along. Abraham Lincoln didn't get along with his vice president. Uh, John F. Kennedy didn't get along with his. So this isn't anything new. Um, But I think that they're very irrelevant other than the fact that you should look at when you're voting for president. The only thing the vice president that it should that should be looked at that's important is, like you said, this this person is one step away from being the president. So if something well, yeah, ha- if something yeah. happened to Trump, Pence would have been okay 
yeah. to run the country. We wouldn't have been in any kind of danger, so to speak. No, honestly, I think Pence was the best vice president we've had in my lifetime. I'll give him that because, you know, the guy, uh, as you say, for exactly why you're saying it, is that had something happened to the president, he would have done a fine job. Right. Um, and he, he was he never tried to undermine the president uh, while they were in office. He, he did what he was told. He did an effective job at it. Um, and he was a former governor of a state that you have to be competent at. It's, it's like here. You have to be competent to be a governor. Actually, you have to be competent to be a governor in most states. Mm -hmm. But not everywhere, but most states. And I would say that he was probably the best. He's... In my view, anyway, he he was the best VP we've had. It doesn't mean I would vote for him for president, right? But but I would I'd have a hard time finding picking someone that I would say was better. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I I, and again, I don't have job. any. I don't have any. Um, you know, there's a lot of Trump supporters. Um, me not being one of these people that have a bad taste in their mouth for Mike Pence because of him certifying the, the election results. You know, I, as, like you said, he was doing his job. Whether you, whether you believe that he should have certified them or not, that's a, that's a whole other debate. Yeah. But you have right. to look at the totality of his vice presidency, and even up until today, um, he's, he's never really said anything negative about trump like oh my gosh he was the craziest dude i've ever worked for and he should have never been elected president he's never come out and said anything like that he said some things that, that he didn't like but but we could all say that about our boss right we could all choose some things that we didn't like about our boss and as, yeah. as a matter of fact trump came out and said you know i'm, I'm defending the man all right so even though you may have a bad taste in your mouth and not vote for him as president, as you were saying, he, he was a pretty decent vice president. I mean, he, he didn't yeah. cause any, you know, he wasn't out like Kamala making a fool out of himself and, you know, or, or, or not even, not even noticeable. No, he was an effective partner for the president he served. And that's, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, you know, we have all these people coming out of the woodwork. You know, Nikki Haley. Uh, no. Just no. The, I, yeah. I, have nothing, I have nothing that I can say about her that I know other than she was the uh, ambassador to the United Nations. Um, and she was the governor of South Carolina. I get it. But she has been out, you know, making the rounds um, on the mass media outlets, talking about her accomplishments as governor. And uh, she's she's been, you know, kind of not so uh, truthful. Yeah, I think she's an opportunist. I, yeah, I put her I put her up there in, in that category. Um you know, like I said about Megyn Kelly, and 
And, uh, you know, Megan's kind of gotten back in a little bit. I've let her a little bit back into the good graces. She's got a long way to go. <laughs> uh, you know, Nikki Haley may be smart. You know, she may have some good qualities. But, uh, you know, when you go on television and you start taking credit for things you didn't do, you remind me of our current president. And yeah. as I had mentioned before, or you and I had talked about, you know, let's strap a, a, a lie detector to these people when, when they're on TV. And, and w- with them knowing that backstage, w- when they get it, w- let, let's just say, let's just throw a number out. You lie five times and you're disqualified. I think you uh, if you lie once, but back, but but knowing that, that wouldn't that wouldn't be as fun as what I think. No, no, no. Let me finish. Let, let me give you what I had. Let, let, let me finish real quick. And, no. and with them knowing, having in mind that once they hit number five, backstage is a guy with a black hood on his head, with his finger on a lever, his hand on a lever, <laughs> and. uh you hit number five, and we take you backstage and, and broadcast through pay-per-view is the consequences of your, your lying. Because well, see, what, what, how much better would this be, though, is if you did that on every lie. So that lie number one, you get you know, a certain number of volts. Yeah. Number two, you get, and they're right there on stage in a bucket of water, and you can just like juice them right then. As soon as they say the lie, it's like, and, yeah, they get so, yeah. And, and then and, number number five is so high that even Louis uh, Louis Buckalter wouldn't have made it. You know, he's <laughs> just gonna fry him right there on stage. Yeah, you got so, like, like you got three people standing there like they're on they're on. Uh, uh, yeah, just watch him. Watch, watch him sweat bullets, you know. So yeah, you know that's. Uh, I think that. I think that would give get your ratings up a little better. Is all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> what's the What's the show that uh, Alex Trebek used to to run? Uh, Jeopardy. Yeah, you got three yeah. people there, fact checkers, right? With that little clicker, and yeah. each time they they lie, they they hit that that clicker, and they get a. Like you said, uh, 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 some I don't know, ten thousand volts. <laughs> is, that, is that enough oh, to kill him? Is that, is that too much? <laughs> maybe, that might take out the audience. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we don't even have to worry about getting to number five at that point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but they go around and they and they tell these stories and and uh, you know, the mass media doesn't call them out on it. And we sit back, and there's a portion of society that that believes that just because they said it, it's true. And you know, all the all these things that we've talked about tie together into this this mass hysteria, yeah, this mass hypnosis or mass psychosis that we're you know we've all fallen prey to, with save a few. Um, everyone's still wearing a mask in other words yeah and even even if they aren't 
it's almost as if they're wearing the virtual mask. Yeah. You know, we're, we're kind of living on the edge, and, and I think we're putting a lot of emphasis on some things that, that we're taking our eye off of a very, very important issue. Well, that's precisely it. I think that's the whole thing with these presidential people, too, is that, you know, it's one thing. I don't want to talk up or down anyone in particular, but the the Nikki Haley's of the world and Mike Pence and all of that who are being floated as being some running, you know, running for president or something. And I'm like, there's the crowd wanting to do that as far as I'm concerned, wants to not do battle anymore or at least not fight the battle that Trump was fighting. Mm -hmm. And they want to go on about uh, either some business as usual or uh, some agenda, but they want to pretend that there is not a battle going on. And those are not people who need, ought to be running in the Republican Party because the Democrats are fighting a battle. Yes. And they don't care so much who their figurehead is now because they are a cult of personality, but they also know that, like in Biden's case, they don't need the cult of personality if they can control the bureaucracies. And they do. So they were able to take over uh, with Biden in there because I still don't think that this election, there's no way anyone has proven that it was legit. So, but even if it was legit, they didn't do it because he did such a great job of winning. He did it because their machine got him in office. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, my point is, is that Trump has announced and he knows that there's a battle going on and he, the guy knows precisely what the battle is. Uh, and in fact, he's got a handle on it now, like, like he did not have on it the, his first term, because I don't think he had any idea how far gone the country was. He knew it was in trouble, but I don't think he, I don't think anyone knew we were in as bad a shape as we were. Even Rush Limbaugh, I mean, we've talked about him, right? where he couldn't, he just couldn't believe that the country had gone left. Well, it may not have gone left, but the control of the country has gone left. I mean, it's a Marxist country now. It's in control of Marxists. And anyone who can't recognize that is not a serious uh, scholar at all. Um, so Trump isn't a scholar, but he is a fighter. And uh, he knows what the battle is all about. And he's the only one on the Republican side who has any prayer of winning it. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'm voting for the dude. Um, and going to have a hard time convincing me not to. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's not because I think he's some grand and glorious savior. Presidents are not grand and glorious saviors. They're 
No politician is. Yeah. No, there are people who run a country, and uh, we are in bad need of the battle that we need to have, um, or else the country is going to be completely lost. And uh, those of us who recognize that uh, won't be announcing that we're going to be leaving the country, but we'll be leaving the country, or else we'll be prepared to fight a battle uh, here that uh, will make it worth staying in. Um, you know, all that remains to be seen what happens, but uh, he's the only one who has any chance at all of beating these assholes that are the the Marxists who are in control of things right now. Yeah, and I don't... Uh... I don't know that he, you know, when he came out with the, the slogan of drain the swamp, I don't think he realized how, how deeply corrupt that our government was on top of the fact that they were not working for, they weren't representing the people. Right. And, um, you know, they, the, the fact that they don't like an outsider uh, coming in and pointing out all of the discrepancies that these people have done and all of the things that they have done that are unconstitutional and that, that make your, your life, my life, and millions of other Americans' lives miserable. I mean... <clears throat> If you dig deeper into the, you know, the Bidens, and, I mean, you know, we, we have scandal after scandal with these people, and the latest being the, the classified documents, and now, you know, they found some classified documents at Mike Pence's home, and mm-hmm. you had mentioned earlier that, is there not a person who who has been in those positions that probably doesn't have classified documents. And I have mentioned not a single one of these people pack their own shit and load it on a van and drive home and unload their van. They have people that have, you know, uh, employees that do this stuff for them. They don't know what they're putting in these boxes. Now they shouldn't, they should know better based on, briefings and having a clearance and knowing what they can and can't do with documents. I've mentioned before how I was trained and what I knew the laws to be and, and mistakenly or otherwise, what could happen to me if I, if I messed around with classified documents. But it's kind of like with, with Joe Biden um, and this, uh, this pen center so, uh, th- this this uh, Biden Penn Center in, in at the uh, Pennsylvania University was also associated with uh, the Andrea Mitchell Center. And and if you don't know who Andrea Mitchell is. She is a member of the mass media. So all these people, all of these people tie together. It's like uh, former FBI and CIA employees worked at Twitter. It's now reported that multiple, I mean, in the dozens 
of CIA, ex-CIA officials work at Facebook. There's a reason for all of this. And am I being a conspiracy theorist right now? Call me what you want. Those are facts. And these people are all activists. And when you have activists at the FBI and the CIA and the Pentagon, and General Milley is an activist, he's not a general. You know, and you, and you appoint these activist judges, then you, get, you reap what you sow. And I'm not kidding when I say hook them up to a lie detector. Yeah. I, I, I'm not joking about that. I'm not either. That's, what, that's how I had a plan for now, how you start jolting them. Because guess what? You know, we, we've seen the war on poverty. We've seen the war on drugs. We've seen the war on religion. We've seen the war on, on women now. Speaking of the war on religion, these people that go in front of Congress and they raise their right hand and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help them God, do not believe in God because they're lying when they go there. Yeah. They're lying under oath. They don't, they don't care about the consequences. You think Al Gore gives a shit about the climate? The man doesn't have that, the man doesn't have that much longer on the planet to begin with. He just doesn't. I mean, I I don't know how much time I have. It could be tomorrow. It'd be 30 minutes from now. But for these for these elitists to go around saying we we few people have the answer to save the to save humanity and this planet, you can't get any more egotistical than that. Yeah, that damn Carrie, I mean really. What a moron. Who even takes that man seriously? He wasn't even he wasn't taken seriously when he when he was uh uh in Congress. He wasn't taken seriously when he was uh, in the cabinet. He wasn't taken seriously uh when he ran for president. He's he's not a like you always say, he's not a serious person and nobody has ever taken him seriously. The only ones that have are the the ones that have fallen prey to the the mass media and and uh, the mass psychosis that we've discussed, and those that are that are very suggestible. Yeah, I I keep thinking that the, this mass psychosis and and hypnosis are connected in a very similar way, because uh, like with hypnosis i personally i think you have to be someone who's not necessarily suggestible but you have to be someone who's willing to give up control of yourself or authority over yourself to someone else and some people are, can do that very freely and they're very loving people in action. and we saw that with COVID. well yeah but i think that what what happened with COVID and and some of the other crap like believing kerry might be some great uh senator or uh secretary of state or president or what have you and and republican people do this too i mean oh, yeah they did this with george bush all the time mm-hmm. they they think that that there's a certain amount of 
psychosis or hypnosis where there are people around us, whether it is on media or it's as our friends or in a work environment where people repeatedly say things that give someone credibility. Uh, like, oh, this Fauci has credibility and yada, yada, yada. Um, doctor, scientist, uh, tinker, tailor, soldier, spy, whatever. You know, an opinion keeps, you hear, hear it over and over and over again, and it's like the big lie that you hear it enough and it becomes the truth. Yeah. So I think that it was the key to this mass psychosis in COVID was that there was all of this repetition by intent. In fact, those these clowns in, in Davos did a what-if scenario back then last fall. What if some mass pandemic took over the world? I think, didn't we play that? I think so. I think we played that um, on, on one of our episodes, yeah. Yeah. Like four or five and, months before COVID even hit. Maybe even... Yeah, a, it was an exercise. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but the thing is, is, the reason I'm not sure of it is that there were a couple of other outfits that did that also. And I'm not quite remembering right now if uh, we talked about Davos or if that was uh, something else with respect to China and who, because I know who did the same thing. Um, but at any rate, we had enough of this stuff by choice where there, there wasn't what they call disinformation, meaning there wasn't a voice allowed to come through that would go against the narrative. And because there was no uh, anti-word uh, against the propaganda, then people believed it. Right. And no one was around or, or allowed to be on TV, including the president, to say, hey, we need to kind of uh, think about this for a minute here, what we're doing, temper this a little, whatever. And I need to get something done with my uh, little uh, uh, barkers. So <laughs> I've got to take a break real quick. But there, there wasn't anyone impeding that narrative. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was all by design. But that was what, in my opinion, to follow on what you're saying with hypnosis, I, I think that's how the mass psychosis happened. Uh, so effective. So I need to. I know you've probably got stuff recorded and everything, but I've got to take a break from. Yeah, no, that's fine. If you want to go ahead and play something, then go go right ahead. Okay. This. Uh, real quick, just uh, some breaking news that uh, took place, I believe, today, where uh, Joe Biden pledges to uh, 
or is considering sending 30 250 M1 Abrams tanks to Ukraine. Uh, to me, this is very disturbing. Um, I don't think it's a huge secret that the United States is aiding the Ukraine in their war against Russia. Uh, but this is uh, in response to Germany saying that they are not going to provide um, tanks to Ukraine in, unless the United States does so first. <clears throat> I truly believe that the only reason that Germany is refusing to provide tanks to the Ukraine is because regardless of the outcome of the war, they know that they're going to have to continue to do business with Russia uh, for their energy. Um, Russia supplies the majority of Germany's energy through the, through the pipelines uh, to Europe. So there has been uh, word of some infighting with uh, the NATO allies um, regarding, uh, you know, aid to Ukraine. And so it, it's crazy that, that uh, you know, that NATO is even a thing anymore, considering that, that NATO puts more demands on the United States than the United States who protects these countries and, and provides them with, you know, military weaponry and protection <clears throat> and financial aid that they basically boss the United States around saying, hey, y you need to do this, 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 and this before we even do any of this other stuff. And if you go back and you uh, listen to, you know, how, how they weren't paying their, their dues, you know, it's a union, more or less. Uh, they're not, they weren't paying their, their fair share of, of the expense when it came to defense. Uh, along comes Trump and... You know, I'm, I'm not advocating for President Trump in one way or the other. However, uh, he said, listen, you know, you don't pay your fair share. You don't pay what you owe. You, know, you, don't, get, you don't get the benefits. Uh, so I find it interesting that uh, that the United States is now saying, hey, we're going to provide the M1 Abrams, uh, which is going to cost money because uh, some of these tanks need to undergo a, a, a lengthy process of removing our sensitive equipment. Um, we don't want that falling into the hands of the Ukraine, Russia, or anybody else for that matter. So they have to be retrofitted uh, before they can be sent to Ukraine to begin with. And then the uh, Germans decided to send the Leopard 2 battle tanks, which then the other countries fell in line. So What's, what's really disturbing here is that, uh, you know, it, eventually 
whether we, we believe so, like it or not, if, if this war does not end soon and it continues to drag on and we continue to see, uh, you know, basically genocide, which, by the way, I, I really don't understand. I mean, you know, when, the, when you look back at World War I and World War II or, or Vietnam or uh, even Afghanistan or Iraq, there, there is going to be civilians that are killed, unfortunately. That's, that's part of war. That's part of the, you know, when you drop a bomb and, uh, you know, you try to, be, try to be as accurate as possible, there's going to be collateral damage. I'm not referring to Ukrainian people as collateral damage. Um, and, and by no means... Uh, Am I saying that we should not be helping the Ukraine? Something I recently found out uh, from my father, uh, who, you know, my family uh, is uh, made up of immigrants. Um, I think I've mentioned on the show previously, my mother is from Holland. Uh, my grandfather is from Poland. And, and my father's grandfather is from Ukraine. And his grandmother was from Poland. And back in, in those days, a lot of those folks would immigrate from, from their country into Canada and then into the United States. I spoke recently with someone who has a similar story. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My family immigrated through Canada into the United States as well. Uh, it, even though a lot of people immigrated through Ellis Island in in. New York. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, the decision to send the Abrams tanks to Ukraine was after a uh, call with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. And that call is when the uh, the chancellor said that the lawmakers uh, told the lawmakers in the United States that they weren't going to send the leopard tanks until America agreed to send their tanks. So in a way, they, they kind of held the United States hostage to the decision uh, of sending our, our military equipment into the Ukraine. And, and basically, I guess what the point is, is that this costs us money. Uh, it comes out of defense spending, and, and I know that we spend a lot of money on defense, but it also is a national security risk, in my opinion, to the United States because it takes away our military equipment, puts it in another part of the world, and we kind of leave ourselves open, uh, you know, to... Yeah, whatever may happen. Uh, and then, and then there's the argument. Well, what else would we do do with those tanks? We're not at war, and you know we're not being invaded. Uh, not yet. It's a very likely possibility that uh, we will eventually end up uh, in this war. I think Ron may be coming back. Yep. I was just letting you 
rattle on. No. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just talking about the uh, the decision to send the M1 Abrams to uh, Ukraine after after being held hostage by the German Chancellor, who refused to send their tanks until the United States made the commitment to send our tanks. Yeah. Uh, and, and the the reason that I wanted to mention that, and I was going to do that while you were, you know, obviously in, involved in the conversation, is that uh, recently one of the uh, top Russian officials basically said, if we start to lose this war, um, it's Armageddon. And I, when I mentioned earlier that we have a, instead of, you know, the, the nonsense of climate change and, uh, you know, reinstating mask mandates on airplanes and all this other nonsense that we keep hearing about, nobody's paying attention to what's happening with this war. I, I don't think right. they are seriously paying attention. You know, we're, well, being, and we're and we're being lied to about it too. Yeah, we're being distracted by other things when when we have a Russian official say to the world if if we if we start to lose this war or if we if we are in a bad position that there this is going to start World War 3 you better start paying attention to that. And you better start paying attention to the fact that Putin and China are, are I mean, Putin and, and Xi Jinping, or whatever his freaking name is, are buddies now. Yeah, and they're, which, they're, who was the official? Um, I want to make sure that it it's either the same or not the same as the one I know of. Which official is it that you're... Quoting to who said that? Um, let me look it up here. Go ahead. Uh, oh no no no, that's okay. It's probably the same one. I I wasn't sure if I missed that piece of it. Was it is it Medvedev that you're talking about? I believe that's who it was. I'm I'm, I'm going to okay. look it up just to make sure. Okay. No. Well, he did say it, and it, he is credible. Um. So. I don't doubt that he and or someone else uh, you heard say the same thing. Yeah, it was Dmitry Medvedev. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, um, you know, he is a credible person, and we are not hearing the truth out of, uh, out of Russia uh, or about uh, how the war is going. We haven't been hearing the truth <clears throat> from day one. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, uh, I, I look at it as reason number one is our media is not functioning. Uh, so it not only doesn't function for our country about our country, but it doesn't work for our country about any other country either. So they've just been repeating what the political line has been. And Ukraine is not winning this war over there. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. No, they're not. So this Wesley Clark boron, uh, I don't know. Uh, 
can't remember the last time he was actually even in the military, but he's always been just a political actor. He's just like Milley. Um, he says that whether he's right or not, I don't know, don't have an opinion. I'm not competent to judge it. He says that Ukraine needs 500,000 uh, tanks. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I may... See, I don't even know if I, it was a fifty, and I, I think he, I think he means fifty thousand, which yeah. it would make some sense. Right. It's just that that's a lot of Abrams tanks. Uh, and why do you need tanks? Well, they're preparing to fight a tank war against Russia. Seriously? No, you fight Russia's tanks with what? What's the name of that? Uh, plane again that we can all remember, you know, oh, the Warthog, yeah, the yeah. A10 Warthog. That's how you fight Russia. Well, they're not serious. Listen, NATO, right? NATO exactly. is not serious not. about helping Ukraine. Let's be, let's be honest. I mean, I, I, right. what I was talking about while you were gone was that NATO has this infighting going on about who's going to supply what and, and whose responsibility is this and whose responsibility is that. And it all shirks back to the United States. And they're not going to make any moves, specifically Germany, against or, or to help Ukraine. And, and I brought up the, uh, the fact that the reason Germany doesn't want to get too involved in the Ukraine and Russia conflict is because one day this war will end. Either way, whether it's uh, Russia destroys Ukraine or there's some sort of peace talks and they, and they end the war or whatever, Germany is going to have to continue to do business with Putin and Russia for their energy, period, right. end of story. So Germany has yeah. a different interest in this war than anyone else. They get 70, I think it's 70%, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, of their energy comes from the pipeline from Russia to Germany. That's why, the, that's why Germany is in such horrible shape right now, because they got cut off. Yeah, Biden blew up their pipeline. Yeah, they got cut off, and, and now they're, you know, they're suffering for it. And they, they realize that, listen, if we do too much here, there's going to be some some uh, payback, and and what are our relations going to be? They're strained already. We we start supplying tanks to Ukraine, and we're in a proxy war. Uh, when this is over, you know, then what? No, you, yeah, you've hit it on the head. Yeah. Um. So I think that whatever goes on tactically, the the fact of it all starts with the fact that we've all been lied to about why they're at war and how the war is going. So in my own view, we have to get to, well, you know, I am. I always ask who who benefits? Who benefits because the United States does, and Europe, but especially it's, it's this show is about us. So, what, who benefits by Americans not knowing 
uh, why the war is going on. And then secondly, who benefits by Americans not knowing how the war is going? And those are the two questions that have to get answered first to understand uh, just how screwed up things are. And I, I promise there's no one in the media working on it. Not, not that I'm aware of. So no, and I can't believe that that what uh, Medvedev has said has not been a bigger topic of discussion because just in summary of of what he said was nuclear powers don't lose major wars. He also tells NATO to think about the risks. And that the desire to destroy Russia would mean the end of the world. And then Lavrov, we will sober up NATO leaders. <laughs> I mean... I'm sorry, I have to laugh because Lavrov does not screw around. He has never screwed No, these, these are... You know, you know we, we talk about serious people. Yeah, he's serious. These people are serious. Yeah, and and let and me assure I, you, I I this is what I think, and there's been there's been some speculation about this, uh, that Putin is dying. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, uh, it's a possibility. Anything is possible. Now well, it's dying, indisputable. Right? It's indisputable that that Putin is a tyrant and a dictator and. I mean, he's just an evil person. And people like that, are, uh, you, you don't know what they're capable of in a time. I mean, Adolf Hitler is a good, is a good example. In a time of, uh, you know, what they see as a crisis, what they're capable of and what they're willing to do and sacrifice, hell, there, there's people there's people that go out and murder people because they found out they're dying. Well, I'm dying, so I'm taking some fools out with me. I'm yeah. not going to be the only one to leave. You know what I mean? And, and this guy is that kind of guy. And when these, when these people, uh, Medvedev and Lavrov, and these people come out and say these things, it's because they know that man. Well, that's true. Uh, and of... Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that they're up there high enough that if they wanted to be a part of a coup attempt, they would be. But the reason they're not, and the reason that all of this stuff about him, he may or may not be dying of something. I, I will. I don't believe anything that comes out of the media. I, and honestly, my I don't have my mind made up about the guy. I don't know him. I can't make yep, right. No, for sure. I don't, I don't follow everything he says. I wouldn't mind have, sitting down having a conversation with the guy. Right. We might we might wind up killing each other for all I know. But mm. I I would be willing to sit down and talk to the guy. I'd be willing to sit down and talk to just darn near anyone. Um. And the, uh, the fact of the matter is no one has really sat down with him and gotten to the bottom of what is going on here. You know, I, I, maybe he is dying of something, maybe not. I don't know. We're all dying of no, something. No, and I, I had said that that so, was speculation. I, I don't Yeah, exactly. And 
maybe uh, maybe there's something to it. Maybe there isn't. I don't care because what is one thing that has always been consistent about Putin, and and anyone who knows Russia knows this, and and any and I mean specifically Medvedev and Lavrov, and a lot of our own people. Everyone who knows him well knows that his number one role in life is he does what is in the best interests of Russia. Mm-hmm. He won't do anything that is that he thinks is not in the best interests of Russia. So he is not some screwball like Hitler who says, I... You know, the guy's going mad and he's just going to take burn the whole country down as he goes, which is what, what Hitler did and what a lot of screwballs do. You know, it's like suicide by cop sort of. But that's not where they're trying to tell us about Putin. They're trying to tell us that Putin will push the button if he feels like he needs to. Mm-hmm. Even though he would know it would be the end of him, it would be if he thought it was in the best interest of Russia, he would do anything. Yeah. And that is what they're really trying to tell us. And we should pay attention to it. Well, because, that's all I'm saying is that, you know. Yeah, I know you are. I'm just trying to put a different. No, a and, different and I'm glad you did. I, I, yeah. You know, I, you know, I struggle sometimes with the. Uh, well, the, but the correct verbiage to you know, but between the two of us, I mean, we have those two different perspectives, but we're both we're both saying the same thing, but in very different ways. Right. But it's, it's that you know we need to be not treating him like he's some sort of a cartoon character. He's a serious man. He's always been loyal to his country. That's how he got where he is, and he has the people around him. Uh, that he has, because and they all they all know exactly what I've just said. Mm-hmm. So, so, someone around Biden ought to be telling him the same thing I've just done. And what concerns me is that the alphabet agencies and the Pentagon have become so corrupted by politics that I don't know that there's anyone in a room telling him what I just said to you. Uh, and there and there should be several people smart enough to know what I just said because I'm not that bright. No, because- and I think this is this is a prime example and a prime moment to point out this is why you have to be very certain on who you cast your vote for. Um yeah. the man who who resides at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue currently I can't imagine based on the people he surrounds himself with I mean his pick for vice president I mean <laughs> God forbid watch a press uh, press conference I mean the people that Merrick Garland and you know FBI director Ray and these folks that he has surrounded himself with if we had a serious crisis on our hands a very serious crisis. Uh, for example, someone threatening world war, and and we're the first ones. What are these idiots going to do? 
So so I want to read this real quick, just to just to kind of put put some perspective into what I just said. Uh, so Joe Biden was one of the youngest people ever elected to the United States Senate. He served as a senator uh, from Delaware for 36 years, establishing, establishing himself as a leader on many of the nation's most important global and domestic challenges. <laughs> Over the, it gets better. Over the course of his more than four decades of public service, he has represented the United States in every region of the world. As chairman or ranking member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee for 12 years, Biden played a vital role in shaping U.S. foreign policy. He was at the forefront, forefront of issues and legislation related to terrorism, weapons of mass destruction, post-Cold War Europe, the Middle East, and Southwest Asia. He also left a lasting mark on domestic policy as a senator as chairman or ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee for 17 years. Biden was widely recognized for his work on criminal justice issues, including the landmark 1994 crime law and the Violence Against Women's Act. That's it. Literally 37 years. That is the only two things that they give him credit for. Because it's the only... They leave out, we've mentioned on this show before, the, uh, I don't even know what the name of the act was or, or the bill that regarding uh, credit card interest rates. Oh, yeah, exactly. They, they don't put the negative one in there. That, the, the, his, biggest, his biggest piece of legislation. Well, that's for sure. Um, so, so this article that I'm reading from, they talk about this man's, you know, four decades in, in public service and have very little to put in here other than, you know, some what, what seemingly seems like accomplishments. There's very little to, to say for the four decades he's been in public service. Yeah. Well, if he's a buffoon. Everyone knows he was a buffoon. And uh, this, I've never, I've not heard this being reported. Uh, but we tied the uh, the Biden Center with the Andrew Mitch, Andrea Mitchell Center. But they have a long uh, uh, relationship with this university his late son Bo, daughter ashley and granddaughter naomi are all penn graduates he received an honorary degree and he's been paid a lot of money to be a speaker yeah. and then of Does course the there's the china connection the yeah, I was just going to ask if the article mentioned the. No, it does not. It, again, and, again, it leaves out the the uh, negative things. Doesn't say a single word about the China connections to this wow. to him or the university. 
Or what about China? What about uh, not, Andrea there, Metro? There, there's not a single word about China or, I mean, it, China's never even mentioned in the article. Wow. So when we, when we talk about mass media and we talk about this mass psychosis and all this other stuff, we, we can't help but mention we have these big tech and those in the, uh, what do you call them, the uh, alphabet agencies and, and this corrupt government that, that says we have to stifle misinformation and disinformation. But, but what they really mean is we need to not disseminate to the public what they're going to look at and go, wait a minute, I have questions about this. And wait a minute, we understand that you have grievances and that you want to petition us, but we're not going to allow that. Because if you try to do that, then we're going to, we're going to hold you in a prison under the Capitol and call you an insurrectionist. Oh, yeah. Subversion, subversive activities. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that you have made a point of on this show is the uh, Hegelian, Hegelian dialectic. And how that oh. plays a role in this, and and I was reading on it again today, and I'm thinking, man, you can't get any. I mean, you can't get any closer to the definition of what we're seeing play out. No. Yeah. Once you understand it, it's hard to unsee it, isn't it? It really is, and and it's amazing to me. Um. How how closely those two things align? It's it's just, <laughs> and I think it it would be it would it would be very important for people to look that up and and do a little reading on it, and and it might enlighten you to, uh, you know what's really going on. <clears throat> and you're right. You know, I, I a friend of mine made a comment on social media the other day, and I responded and. And he said uh, something along the lines of, but I like, I like the fact that I'm free to do whatever I want to do. And I said, unfortunately, dude, we're not, in, we're not a, a free country anymore. And I think uh, he thought about that for a minute and responded to my comment and said, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. So when it comes to what we're trying to do, what we are trying to do, uh, you know, it can't be just two guys. And I, I, I know there's other people out there that are pointing these things out and, you know, maybe in a different way. But it's time to pull together. And as you would say, no moss. <laughs> yeah. Radio Free America. Yeah. But I, I, going back to what we were talking about, I think that, that you know, this, this whole distraction with uh, 
you know, critical race theory and, and culture war and, and all this stuff, we're taking our eye off the ball. And that is freedom. And what, what are we going to do with Russia and China? Oh, by the way, I don't know if you heard this. Iran, or Iran, however you want to say it, uh, is going to put warships in the Panama Canal. <laughs> what? Have, have you heard about that? No, I haven't. No. So I must must have missed that today. <laughs> uh, no, this was this was actually a few days ago. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Um. I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. I caught the tail end of it. Um, so uh, here's just a little report. That uh, Iranian Navy plans to station warships in a critical, critical trading route, the Panama Canal. The announcement comes amid an ongoing campaign to in install an Iranian military presence in Latin America, which would also come to the doorstep of the United States. <laughs> I didn't hear anything from the president on that. No. Now, I don't pay much attention to what that man has to say because, as I mentioned before, five minutes listening to him and you become a lot dumber than you were before you started listening. And then you need multivitamins and 12 hours of sleep. Um, yeah. So maybe he made a comment on it. Maybe there was a press conference uh, where they mentioned it. But I, I haven't heard you know, anything about. Hey, we're we're going to put a stop to that. Well, you know, maybe he maybe he lost one of his classified documents down there in Panama Canal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've been calling him Joey Appleseed. You know, after after Johnny Appleseed that spread the apple seeds all over North America. Well, he's Joey Appleseed because he spreads his documents all over America. You know, it's like, yeah, that clown. Uh, and and uh, did you hear that there was a uh, Russian warship uh, off the coast of Hawaii? Uh, well, those things get sighted there every now and then. So is that in just in the last few days? Too? In in the last week, yeah. Okay, because the and, last and, one and I so, heard of was about two or three weeks ago. No, this was just recently. And, uh, you know, they had an expert come on i think it was an expert or maybe it was uh the press secretary whoever oh that happens that happens quite frequently and and rest assured that we're keeping our eye on them <laughs> what yeah monitoring again yeah so. they, they they monitor you know like they're monitor monitoring uh you know citizens and and yeah. uh you know they're monitoring your uh tweets and your yeah. Your yep. social media comments and stuff like that. That's what they True. do. They monitor everything. Try it. But what are you doing to solve it? They're serious about their monitoring, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's about all they're serious about. Well, they, that and any, anyone who disagrees with them, they're serious about them, too. Uh, so there's several, I mean, you know, if you look at the, uh, you know, and, and, and you gotta be skeptical when you're Googling stuff, 
Um, but I mean, there's several articles on uh, on this topic. So, so what are we gonna do? You know, when Russia and China and Iran all pull pull together and you know decide to go up against little old United States because we know the NATO allies probably aren't going to do anything. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, I think that Iran's probably down there because of what's been going on in uh, Venezuela. And uh you know, China and Russia got their gold. All of the all of Venezuela's debt that was owed to China and Russia was taken out of Venezuela in gold bullion. Uh, I want to say it was two years ago. So they've been repaid for all of the various military things that they have sent to that dictator down there. And uh, they got it all in the form of gold. And I, I'm pretty sure that that's probably how Iran has managed to make it into the picture because they've been trading some weapons over to uh, Russia for these uh, drones. So, yeah, that's that's not a good thing. I mean, Iran is not some big military power or anything, but uh, China and Russia are the ones to watch. Uh, but actually, a lot of this Iranian stuff can be uh, that reduces as a threat if uh, Saudi Arabia and Israel go ahead and make peace, which looks like it could happen. Right. And yet, of course, the left will go absolutely insane over it. They're already insane over just the thought of. It. Well, they were. They went bonkers over uh the peace deals that were struck when trump was president of course and and that uh abraham accord the abraham accord stuff that was negotiated is probably the best thing that's happened in the middle east in forever um and it's not not perfect by any means but it got everybody off the dime and everyone was basically on the dime they weren't they were intractable, and it was actually a brilliant piece of work, whether anyone likes it or not. It was a brilliant piece of work to get that negotiated. But the problem is, is that the left-wingers in this country do not want Saudi Arabia as their ally. They have this uh, insane notion that, that we can do something with these uh, Iranian mullahs. And I just don't know what the hell they're thinking. But they've got it against uh, Saudi Arabia. And uh, what happened with that journalist activist guy in uh, Khashoggi uh, makes him even worse about it. It's like, you know, Khashoggi was an activist. He was working against his own government. Mm -hmm. You can call him a... Call him a uh, journalist if you want to but he was writing propaganda against his own government so uh you know he he got treated way more harshly than he would have in this country but uh I'm, maybe some of those 
January Sixers that are still in uh, solitary confinement would disagree. I think some of the people that are still stranded in Afghanistan would highly disagree. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and that's not even a story anymore, and there's still people over there. There sure are. And how this administration is not held to account and, and you know, needs to be uh, answering those questions, it's just another example of how the mass media does not push them on subjects that they are suppressing. Well, and that really gets to uh, a concern that I have about our country uh, in international affairs. Because there always was a, uh, a certain amount of friction on a certain country or a certain topic or what have you between the parties. But for the most part, Democrat and Republican were always on the same page about uh, is Japan an ally or an enemy? Is Tonga an ally or an enemy? You know, they're pretty much on the same page. Right. But anymore, we have this uh, dichotomy of uh, Republicans uh, see one set of people as uh, enemies and another set as allies, and Democrats are the exact opposite on the list. So we no longer have a stable uh, foreign policy because everything changes when an administration changes. Mm -hmm. And in my view, that should not happen. We, we cannot have uh, half the country, half this country cannot think a certain way about Iran and the other half thinks another way. You know, most of the people in this country believe Iran is an ally or they do not. But we do not have a 5149 position on Iran or on Saudi Arabia or on Mexico or on Canada or on darn near any other country. We either look at people as, as friends, and I think most Americans tend to look at most other people around the world as friends, unless proven otherwise. That's that was pretty much how our foreign policy used to be done. But, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that is not the case any longer. But, but I can't believe that people genuinely are so bloody informed about everything that's going on in the world that they know that Pakistan is an enemy or not. And they know Afghanistan is an enemy or not. You know? Yeah. Why, why do we have this bipolar view of who is our enemy and who's our ally it, it's insane to me well I, could it could it be two reasons one like i said nato nato can't agree on things and i get it it's kind of you know we have we talked about the whole negotiation thing uh but the united states is always the one caught holding the bag and then two who comes with the bigger payoff? I'm talking about in the case of Joe Biden. There's nobody on this planet that can believe that the Bidens did not profit from their relationship with China and Ukraine. You have to be a complete moron not to see that. So as president, what have we seen from Joe Biden when it comes to China? 
literally nothing. No. I mean, he's not he's not come out and said anything, you know, really harsh about China at all. No, where, he, where, can, as opposed he can't to, even say whether or not he likes fried rice. You know? yeah, right. As opposed to Seriously. Donald Trump. Well, I mean, as opposed to Donald Trump, who put tariffs on on their yeah. exports, right? And then what does Joe do? As soon as he becomes president, he, he gets rid of the tariffs. Not all mm-hmm. of them. But to be honest, and from what I understand, not all of them. Uh, but I, we've not heard anything about... We're investigating China to find out where the origins of COVID, you know, came from. He he doesn't say anything about them. And that's because they're he's in their pocket. Yeah. And and nobody convinced me otherwise. Somebody convinced me otherwise. Well, the thing is is that uh, let's just say that you're right, and I, and I don't deny that you are. But that answer is China. What about every other country in the world that we're disagreeing about? You know, th- that's my concern, is that he's not in, he's not in everyone's pocket. No. Ukraine and China, big time, no doubt about it. But, you know, but why do we have this flip-flopping with respect to darn near every country in the world anyone that's anyone that's pivotal uh pivot uh situation uh these countries can't rely on us we're not stable well i don't think that so i you know you and i don't take the man seriously so i think that that that's probably uh something to take into consideration when these other countries are looking at at our country and it's kind of like when when he went to Saudi Arabia and begged for oil. Lower the prices, up production. And they didn't laugh at him once. And not twice. But I think three times. Mm-hmm. And, and basically said, shove it, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you could arguably say that if it was if there was anybody else in office anybody that that would not have been the response i'm speculating it's that's hypothetical obviously but but do they take him seriously i mean you know uh, we know russia doesn't take him seriously yeah i don't think anyone does now, in regards to, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know what other countries. You know, Saudi Arabia doesn't take him seriously. I mean, I, I think that that if you have a a president who, and dare I say Trump, who is going to show, hey, we're not taking any crap from you. Uh, you know, we're going to cut you off from, from, you know, whatever age you get, or, you know, we're going to cut off our, our protection with our military, whatever. Uh, you have to have someone like that. Who's going to look at these countries and like he, he, he joked, I, I don't think he, I don't think it's made up. 
where he's he's having a conversation with the Saudi prince, and he says, "But why do you send me a picture of my house?" <laughs> and when he said, uh, "I mean, seriously," I know. I, I mean, who else is going to do something like that? Yeah, I certainly know, not Brian. Barack Obama. Certainly not Joe Biden. I, I'll I'll go out on a limb and and, and I think I'm a hundred percent accurate when I say certainly not George Bush. Neither yeah. one of them. I mean, so so you hear this? I, I hate cliches and I hate these made up, you know, little phrases. But power, you know, through strength or or respect through strength or whatever. Uh, as much as I hate him, they're pretty obviously true. And well, that, you that's see how a guy get to be cliche, right? Yeah, I mean, you, everyone knows it. You see a guy, you see a guy fall up the stairs, fall off his bicycle, fall asleep in a freaking, you know, uh, important. Uh, where was it? The uh, British Parliament, I think. Farting in his sleep and stuff. I mean, c- come on. Yeah. Well, you know, he's and then, basically, and then he meets, and he's then basically he meets, a John Cleese here. But he'll meet <laughs> this guy. This guy will go to Mexico and meet with the president of Mexico and and the the president of Canada. And then the media goes, "Oh my gosh, what leadership!" And then the president of Mexico gives him a compliment. You're the first president that never uh, built a wall, built not even a a meter of wall on the border. Yeah, because that shows strength. Yeah. When when they said that, uh, you know, there's, he, he said, the president of Mexico said that he was proud that there were 40 to 50 million Mexicans in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing against Mexican people, Latinos, Latinas, anybody. Latinxes? Yeah, yeah. Latinx. That, that is not the point here. The point here is that what you had mentioned earlier, what do we need, a billion people in the United States to function? You know? I mean, these people these people on the left have literally come out and said, who's going to mow your grass and who's going to clean uh, hotel rooms and do the laundry? Who's going yeah. to pick the crops? Man, you can't get any more racist than that. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Yeah. That is the most racist crap I've ever heard in my entire life. And they literally say that out loud. Yeah. Yeah, and they and they don't they don't get held accountable for it or that's anything. A, that that's what you consider a better life? Yeah. That is that the American dream that we've been searching for, Ron? Is is that what everybody is that what a a a, a Latino person considers the American dream to come here and do laundry? No, I think according to Jill Biden, they come here to make breakfast tacos. I mean, you can't get any more racist than that. No, it's like, why wouldn't you want to be a, a doctor or a, 
uh, well, I can see why they wouldn't want to be a lawyer, just like being a prostitute. But, but be, why not come in this country and be a lawyer or design airplanes or design trains or, you know, why oh, is they're it not? That, they're not. They're not good enough. They're not worthy yeah, enough. They're not. Why they're is not it smart they don't, Yeah. Why is it they don't have a mind? I mean, I don't give a crap what race someone is if they can improve humanity or. By golly, if they can improve themselves. Who's to say Who's to say that one of these people that cross the border isn't the person who cures cancer? Exactly. But that's not how the left looks at these people. They look at them as an opportunity. They look at them as someone who's going to come there, come to their house and trim their hedges. Yeah, exactly. But... Back to the original point. Well, I used to be married to someone from Mexico. I mean, that was her heritage. And uh, you know, I, I have no qualms about You know, and most about. people don't. I know. The ones who talk about it the most are the ones who they are, are the, the racists. They are, they, are, they are literally the racists and the ones that have the biggest problem with it. Because if they didn't, why would they talk about it all the time? Well, yeah, exactly. And it's just the way that the left has always been. You know, they, they have a certain part of their party who looks at, at a certain uh, thing a certain way, and their opposite end of their party looks at it differently. And we see that all the time with racial things and the civil rights movement. That you know they've got their party is the one they they did Jim Crow. They did the Jim Crow laws, and yet they have another part of their party that's that uh, is cutting down anyone who was in favor of Jim Crow. And they're like, you know, if you're a if you're a Trump voter or a Trump supporter, then you're a Jim Crow person. Well, no, sorry, but that was your own political party. But they take all of this crap in their own party and they project it onto their opponents. And they say it over and over and over again until they're tired and feathered with their own political party's bullshit. And it's high time people started realizing that, that that's what they do. I mean, if you're a Trump supporter, then uh, you're a racist and you're a bigot and a uh, xenophobe and a Jim Crow person and a KKK member and a white supremacist. Okay. Well, sorry, but all those folks were in the Democrat party the last time I looked. I mean, the Democrats started uh, the Klan. They did all the Jim Crow laws. Uh, they wouldn't allow people to sit, uh, wouldn't allow Negroes, as they call them, in the, in the diners. Uh, they were doing all the lynching. I mean, <laughs> well, seriously. most people, and most people don't know this. Um, I can't remember the uh, exact numbers. Uh, but the KKK killed a lot of white people just as, as well. They did. And guess who they were? Republicans. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't hear that. You don't hear that in their reports, right? Not even the Republicans say that. That's no. how stupid they that, are. That because they don't know their history. 
But that's why they that's why people didn't like Trump. Well, he'd fight back and he'd say, Yeah, those just like I did, those were Republicans. Yeah. You know, he would fight back. And that's what they don't want. And he's the only one who will who will get down there in the dirt and fight them. And yeah, that's one thing about so it's a great point and one thing that I'd like to say that I liked about Trump. Uh although there there's certain things that I, I didn't like. Like you, I didn't agree with everything, and I didn't like some of the things he said, and you know, uh, you know, kind of alienating himself uh, at, at certain times. But I mean, like we do on this show, I'm outspoken against the left just because of the insanity that they, you know, go through on a day to day basis, and I think they're very unhappy people, and and that they're very bitter. Uh, but he he would call out just like we do on this show, Republicans for, you know, saying or doing or acting stupid ways, and yeah. uh, you know, it, as as harsh as I am on on the Marxists, uh, I will be just as harsh on any so-called conservative, and I have been about Dan Crenshaw and. You know Nikki Haley and and some others. Uh, that man, if you're a bad politician, you're just a bad politician. Yeah, for sure. It's it's time that we all woke up and realized that that just because someone has a D or an R next to their name doesn't mean they're representing us. They could they could have that D or R just because they know that'll get them elected in whatever state we're at yeah that doesn't mean they're representing us so you know we, we've got to we've got to be willing to call a spade a spade and say yeah this it, it's like i keep coming back to it i don't know why this this new york race between the guy that was uh lying about his history and then that zimmerman clown and the republicans are all over this guy santos mm -hmm. Uh, they're all over Santos about, you know, he's got to resign. He shouldn't have any blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Well, seriously, Zimmerman is way worse than that guy. <laughs> I, these New Yorkers knew what the hell they were doing, man. It's arguable that the president of the United States currently at, at, in the White House is just as big, if not a bigger liar. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, he's a bigger I mean, he liar. Lied, he lied about his resume and, and yeah. his accomplishments in, in college and all that stuff. So why doesn't he have to resign? And Zimmerman, as an activist, lied about every single person in Congress at one time or another. That guy is bad news. I remember when they used to have him on, uh, I, believe he, I believe they've had him on Fox numerous times, back when I used to watch yeah. the news. Yeah. And I mean that's that's a that's a guy who man you just you just pray is there a dark alley somewhere that I could actually run into this fool in Yeah you there's know? no I I could not be in the same room with Robert Zimmerman because I'm allergic to penicillin <laughs> So I would be concerned about anything I might catch from that guy So you know, you catch a severe case of the dumbass. Yeah, I mean, because that guy, uh, it's it's no wonder. 
I mean, he's a sleazy, he's a sleazy dude. So Santos may isn't an angel, but everyone needs to wake up and smell the coffee about this Zimmerman clan because uh, I swear, uh, may, maybe New Yorkers were were fooled, but I swear I've known a lot of New Yorkers and none of them are fools. You know, they're they're actually pretty damn bright people, whether you agree with where they're coming from on things or not. No, but uh, they do have an opinion and they can back it up. <laughs> no, and so. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I uh, know a guy that I just met that uh, moved here from New York. And so did his kids and so did his the rest of his family. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, and, and he's only been here a year or two. No joke. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, what made you move from New York to Tennessee, for gosh sakes? You know, because I get asked, what made you leave Colorado for this place? Because, you know, let's face it, most people who live where they live aren't always happy with where they live. Like, even if you're from there, like a native, you know. Right, right. You always yeah. have some sort of gripe. And so uh, he's like... Well, I came here to change the state. I, I am a diehard liberal Democrat, and I came here, and, and he's like, I'm just kidding. I'm like, <laughs> he's, <laughs> and, and I think he could see the look on my face, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm glad you said that, because you don't ever want to say that shit too loud around here, uh, because you're probably not going to like the response. And, and the, you know what I mean? And... uh He's like, I had to get away the taxes and, and the nonsense. And so you're right. Even in California, I, I've, I've made comments uh, about California, and it's not really a state anymore. It's kind of its own communist country that, that just happens to be attached to the rest of this, this continent. And uh, I've had people look at me and go, I'm, I'm from California, and I don't agree with any of the nonsense that we do here. And it's like, I understand that. So then why do you keep voting for the same people? Well, we don't. Then what are you doing to change it? That's the whole point of this show. Yeah. What are we doing to change it? And you and I, uh, you know, I, we're on the same page that, you know, sitting around bitching about it all the time, you know, you're not really accomplishing anything. We bitch a lot, or at least I do. And you may consider it bitching, but what we're really trying to do is just open people's eyes to some of the these odd things that our country is going through. I, I just firmly believe that this, that the, the period between 2000 and one, whenever this crap all stops will be looked at as the worst time in the history of this country if we happen to survive it. But what is? I mean, but what is? What is the? I don't do a lot of bitching though, because you know. No, uh, and I. I, I while, while you're while you're going on about it, there, there there's a reason that it smells like Hoppy's number nine in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping everything well oiled. That's all. Yeah. I, well, I think what we're trying to do though is. <laughs> is point out these things that people should be taking a closer look at. And then well, we're saying, yeah. and, and then we're saying, listen, it, it, 
you may not agree with everything that we say. We may say some things about people that you may disagree with or that you don't like or whatever the case may be. But in a bigger picture, you have to understand that these people that we supposedly consider leaders and what they do domestically and uh, internationally is not in the best interest of you or I, and you said it perfectly, whether you have a D or an R in front of your name, whether you vote Democrat or whether you vote Republican. And it's time that we all come together and say, listen, we, we can disagree on a lot of issues, but one thing that we do agree on is that our government is dysfunctional and they are not representing we the people because they're not the ones in misery. They're not the ones that are having to, to live paycheck to paycheck and not be able to buy eggs and not be able to put food on the table and not be able to find a good paying job and fighting inflation because they get paid a lot of money. They make a lot of money off of insider trading, which we've pointed out on this show with the receipts. And, and we had enough. And if you're not willing to get behind that, if you think everything's hunky-dory, uh, then you're part of the problem. And so all we're saying is we need to confront, confront these people uh, with our grievances, petition them, and get answers and solutions to the problems that they keep creating. And uh, I, I, that's all I have to say about that. Well, yeah, it, it is about identifying exactly what the, what the beef is. And it can sound like complaining. And to an extent it is. And, but it's a complaint that you have to take it a step further and say, what do I do to not make this a complaint? So complaining about it and not doing anything is like the proverbial digging the hole and, and you just keep digging instead of stopping. So there, there's another saying that's what, what we resist persists. And if you resist doing something about whatever it is that's bothering you, then it it persists. Mm -hmm. you, you have to you have to actually do something about it, or it's going to continue. Right. So it doesn't matter if uh, you know. You can say, "Man, the the gas mileage on my car is terrible," and all you do is complain about it. Or you can get it tuned up and get better gas mileage. So what we're trying to say here is it's okay to gripe about the, the gas mileage on your car, but if you're, but you need to do something about it. You know, what it, what is it you need to do? Do you need to use, uh, get a tune-up? Uh, maybe just change your spark plugs, change your timing, maybe switch to different octane. Do something. Don't I'll go a step further, and if you got a horrible politician and you can't do that with them, you replace them. Yeah. So the same you put way with gasoline the on the old one, and, yeah. and you tune them up. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you um, get rid of them and exchange them for something better. But we do have a right in this country to petition our government uh, to, for redress of our grievances. 
and the Republican Party has done a really zero job of it. Mm-hmm. Now, the Democrat Party, well, the way it was intended as a redress is not done by the Democrat Party either. But they do everything through protests and political action and uh, violence in the streets, etc. Uh, they are hurt. The Republican Party uh, doesn't not have people who are doing that. No, and they did it again in Atlanta. Did they burn the place down again? Yeah, and and again, here's the media. While, while places are on fire behind them saying these are peaceful protests. I, I just don't understand that. I I can't I can't get I can't get a grip on that kind of stuff. Because hey, if you walk down my street and and there I live in the country, so but if I lived in the city and there's a group of people walking down the street and they're setting trash cans and homes and cars on fire. I, I look at them as a threat. How do I know they're not going to set my house on fire? Yeah. I, I'm, not, here, I'm not getting behind here, that. Yeah. I'm not be getting behind that saying they're peaceful. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. And again, you know, and, and then you got this, and, and I don't know what, actually the, the protests were over. I have absolutely no idea. Oh, well. Unless, a, unless it no, was the... Was a, uh, uh, Antifa trans, guy. There was a trans activist that was part of a protest where they were trying to, you know, they the, the riots that happened there in Atlanta uh, some time ago were all about, oh, these these police they need to have an academy and need to be retrained and blah 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 blah. So guess what? They're out there. The the police were. Uh, working on this academy for training, et cetera, et cetera, not paid for by tax dollars, but paid by the uh, police association. And this transgender, uh, it, they, whatever it is, um, was part of this protest and causing problems. And he shot, and I can't, can't remember if he killed the guy or if he wounded this guy. Um, who was a policeman, and they returned fire and they killed him. Okay, so this is the this is the story. That's what, that's what just happened a few days ago. Oh, so this is the story that I thought it was over. The uh, Antifa guy shot a highway patrolman. Yeah, well, the Antifa guy was a trans leader or trans whatever. So he's trans an- leader. I don't know. I don't know. He was. He was. He was leading all the ifs, I so, guess. Yeah, so so then they returned fire and killed him. Uh, maybe it was the transit police. <laughs> was he trans Tifa? Maybe so. So, I, so I, I, that that's what I thought it might be over. And and so yeah, I mean, if you shoot is. a if you shoot a highway patrol officer and and the guy was it, it had to go through surgery and almost died. Uh, you know, this is the this is the insanity that I can't get behind and I don't understand that comes from the left. So the guy shoots a, a police officer and, and you know, a, a state trooper and gets shot and killed. And then people go out and protest in favor of 
the guy who shot at the cops and broke the law. And then the media says, well, it was mostly peaceful. Uh, what are they protesting for anyway? I mean, you, you don't get to shoot at the cops and, and <laughs> believe that you're going to get through it unscathed. I mean, you might die. <laughs> you know, it's a strong possibility. Well, I, I've always looked at the police this way. Is that whether you agree with them or not, they're doing a job that... It's like being the umpire in a in a baseball game in Little League. No one really wants to do that unless they love being an umpire. I didn't get that when I was a kid, but I got it when I was older. That they love the they love the game. They love participating like that. Even though they know that they're gonna catch the slings and arrows of all the parents and all the kids because they lost because of the umpire. So that's the, that's the role of the cops in our society. And they're there to preserve order. And whether you like them or not, one of these days you're gonna need them on your side. Maybe today they're not on your side, but you're gonna need to be, you're gonna need them to be on your side someday. And you don't wanna be someone that they look at and say, oh, this is the bozo that I was telling you about, you know, Treat them with respect, like them or not, and get on with your life. If they're if they're out of line, then they're out of line, and and then do something about it. Mm. But why the hell would you shoot one of them unless they're way out of control with you? You know, I've known a lot of cops, and I've never known one that I that would ever do that. So it doesn't mean that they don't exist. But why the hell is this guy at a protest thing with a gun and then he decides to shoot a cop? Well, ask me, he's, he's asking him, ask him to get shot full of holes. So. Yeah, let me assure you for, for someone, for someone who is in the military, and I think I may have mentioned this on this show before, or I'll speak for, for uh, police officers you know, people in the military. Although there are some people who are maniacs, um, I never, I never woke up as a soldier and thought, man, it's going to be a great day if I get to shoot and kill someone. Mm -hmm. Police officers don't wake up every day going, man, I hope I get to shoot and kill someone today. All right. I woke up hoping that I would never have to face that situation. And I think most normal, like I said, unless you're a maniac, most normal people who aren't mentally disturbed or, you know, have some sort of, I don't know, death, you know, they have some sort of death wish or whatever. Don't wake up thinking I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take, I, I have some, weapons i'm gonna take my weapons and i'm gonna go kill a bunch of people yeah i think the only people who are and i can't even say they're comfortable with it but the only people who really can get comfortable are the ones who have to become a little bit numb to it like a, a fugitive hunter yeah that that is your job to track down fugitives well 
that person's going to have to pull a trigger a lot more often than than a traffic cop. And most cops never have a reason to pull a gun anyway. You know, a lot of these these people that we're talking about, um, military personnel, police officers, when they do end up in that type of situation, you know, a lot of them, that's why we have 22 suicides a day from, you know, regarding veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not easy to do that. I, I, I can't imagine. I've been in the military, and I, I never faced combat. Um, but I can't imagine what it's like to, to take someone else's life. So it's not like these guys are, are hunting people, and, and the mass media has portrayed them as those type of people. Uh, you know, they're out hunting people and, you know, because of their skin color or whatever. I don't buy into that. And then you have uh, the last subject that we'll talk about. Actually, uh, I don't know if you want to get into it or not, but the mass shooting that happened in California. And I'll just say I, that I'll just say this. Yeah. You again. This is this is the mass media that's projecting this this psychosis type mentality. A guy is a so-called expert in the mass media being interviewed, and he calls it a semi-automatic assault pistol. Um, what? What's that? I, your guess is as good as mine. I've I've never even yeah. heard of such a thing. Yeah, I haven't either. Sounds like someone's using terms they don't quite know what they mean. I mean, I, I guess if you wanted to look at a Mac 10 or something and and kind of describe it as that, but you're still not being an you're not being honest, and yeah, you're misrepresenting not- you're misrepresenting. Number one, you're 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 deceiving the people you're talking to because you're blaming it on the gun. And not the person wielding it. Uh, because guns don't shoot themselves. Yeah. You know, it takes a human or, or something mm-hmm. physical to make that gun fire. I mean, ask Alec Baldwin. Well, yeah. yeah. Who, by the way, uh, was right. He's, he's the one exception. He was the, he's the one exception. Yeah. That gun just went off. Yeah. He didn't do anything. But otherwise... Yeah, you're right. But that that one gun though that Alec Baldwin was using, it got it it went off on its own. He didn't do anything with it. But most of the time they're inanimate objects and they, they are incapable of moving without anything being done. But for, somehow maybe maybe it was one of those alien guns that he got that knew maybe it had its own consciousness or something. Yeah, I just may, I'm still trying. Or maybe he's just full of shit. Yeah, you know? exactly. I'm still trying to figure out what a semi-automatic assault pistol is. Yeah, there's no such thing as there an assault weapon. Yeah. So there's no such thing as an assault pistol. So so there is that thing as a semi-automatic semi-automatic pistol exists. Right. Well, is that what the guy lies, was using? 
Therein lies the attack on the Second Amendment. Sure. And, yeah. And even though Uncle Joe thinks that uh, that uh, the Second Amendment and anything in the Constitution is not absolute, uh, apparently you didn't pass reading and writing class, uh, and you were in the bottom third of that class just as much as the other ones that you took because you don't understand because yeah. you don't understand english yeah, he's there with john mccain well <laughs> so i i don't recall i i could be wrong i'll admit it if i am I, 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 but yeah. if i don't recall ever seeing anywhere in the constitution or actually in the declaration of independence about uh, anything that says uh, the following words are not meant to be absolute in any manner. They're just a bunch of words, and you can take them all as you wish. And then they proceed to, you know, or even a footnote, like an asterisk, you know, like the old uh, Roger Maris record that has the asterisk next to it, you know. There's not even an asterisk next to the Second Amendment. But no. Down at the bottom, you can look at and say, oh, yeah, all the asterisk marks, those are are not absolute. Everything else is absolute. Well, what's the but, phrase they like to use all the time? Uh, living document or... It, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a living document. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's meant to, uh, you know... Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like liberals. They they evolve over time. You know, they never flip flop. They never lie. They just they they've evolved. You know, because Joe Biden at one time was, and I played the the audio clip where he was. You know, we're debating whether or not a, you know marriage is between a man and a woman. I can't believe this because we've all agreed that marriage is between a man and a woman. And all of a sudden, now he's changed. Or, what I like to use, they they he evolved to a new position. I think he transitioned. Yeah, he transitioned well. Uh, and so, you know, they, they look at the Constitution that way. Well, what, I, what I'm wondering here, though, is this, this thing in California I'm not very up on. I'm not so either. I, I just know that he was he was using a semi-automatic pistol. Is that is that like a nine mil or something? Or um, let me let me something. look it up. Is that what they're trying to say? Because it it seemed odd. I'm like, how? What's the connection between someone who's seventy two, three, four years old, driving around in a van, and he goes to a nightclub and shoots the place up? I'm not getting that unless he was connected to it somehow, offended by the place, uh, got noise complaints. You know, I, I don't get the I don't get the connection there at all. Have you heard anything? No. Um, I know that it was you know at a a club that was you know they were celebrating the. Uh, the Lunar New Year. Um, it's a, a festival. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what weapon. I'm, I'm trying to find it. 
Um, I don't know what weapon was used in the shooting. Well, because another thing is I can't imagine going and doing something like that and only carrying one weapon, especially a semi-automatic that, I mean, they, let's face it, they make them a lot better than they used to, but my fear with a semi-automatic, especially in the old days, the 1911 Colt, is you get a jam. So, you know, you carrying two weapons, you're not very likely to have two jams going on, right? So you've got some sort of a backup if you've got a problem. Like, I can't imagine someone who's gone into something like that and, and is thinking about it. Why would they only carry one? But I guess that's neither here nor there. Um, I just don't understand the, I get, well, you don't always get the, um, motive of these things a lot of murderers you never get the motive but there's a connection somehow there's some some point uh something that connects him to that place he didn't wasn't just driving down the street and then say oh here's a nightclub i'll go in there and no so this, this guy there. so this guy um actually so this this club that it happened at uh he he was a um he frequented he he was a frequent he taught dance lessons at this club oh so they're they're still they're still unclear on the motive as to why the shooting occurred because i mean he's his name is um who can tran so (laughs) i better not even get into this one that was coming so he you know he's a you know, he's part of this community. It's not like he's some outsider or anything. And, you know, he's 72 years old, like you were saying. But what kind of a club is it then? Is it a... Yeah, I... It's a dance hall. But it's, is a it dance, like, it's just a dance club. Is it like and an uh, Asian? Yeah, or, so, yeah, it's for the... Cowboys? Lunar, or, yeah, well, I mean, it's a dance hall, and they were celebrating the Lunar New Year. And he was a frequent, you know, and he taught dance lessons there. So it's not like he was an outsider, like I'm saying. And most of the people that were there were older people. I mean, I think they they mentioned that these folks were between 50 and, 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 you know, in their 50s up to 70s. So it was a bingo hall and nightclub. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. I should take things more seriously than this. But so, but this was an older club, an older crowd. Yeah. This was, yeah. Like, so they don't know if it was, uh, okay. you know, what the motive was. Um, and of course, so, they raided his house and they found a cache of weapons, you know, a 308 caliber rifle, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, various electronic devices, and, uh, you know, things to manufacture suppressors and all this other stuff. Um, but again, they, they, the mass media goes directly to what? Gavin Newsom, who, who, for what I understand, is going to run for president as well. It's all about, uh, man, we need to take everybody's guns. 
Well, you don't even know the circumstances, you know, from what I could find. Uh, you know, this is a CNN report, but you don't know all the circumstances. You don't know why this man went off and, and what prompted him to, you know, go in there and, and possibly shoot people he knew. If he taught dance lessons there, he probably knew some of those people. You well, know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, there's usually a there's usually a connection of some kind. So maybe he got insulted or fired or whatever at this place. That maybe that's right or maybe it's not. But at least it tells me that he didn't just wasn't just driving down the street and decided to shoot the place up. So um, it just seems odd. Like, wow, I haven't heard this uh, this sort of story. At all, so it's just an, a real anomaly. So, um, so his ex-wife uh, said that he had once been a familiar face at the Star Ballroom Dance Studio, where he gave informal dance lessons. Uh, it's not clear how often he visited in recent years, if at all. Uh, and investigators are still look uh, checking into whether he knew any of the victims. This is certainly, uh, there is certainly the appearance that it was targeted, uh, according to the L.A. District Attorney. Clearly, he knew where he was going, and he was familiar with both of the locations. Um, so, so I got, I, after hearing this, and I didn't hear the whole story, and I don't know all the details either, like you. I became very curious and uh, did some research on mass shootings. And I came across something that was very interesting. Um, how, you know how we always talk about, you know, I can't, I don't understand a, you know, certain subject or how they classify things because they never define them. There's nobody's given us a definition of what, you know, when, when I when I took criminal justice, uh, 2015-ish, uh, terrorism at that time still had not been defined. So in my textbooks, I you know, they're teaching about terrorism. You have to learn all this, you know, a, a whole litany of different things. They didn't have a clear definition of terrorism. Um, so that's kind of why it took them so long, you know, to define what domestic terrorism is and all this other nonsense that, you know, to me, if you're, if you're going in and you're, you know, raiding a place like this guy did and you're shooting innocent people, that's an act of terror. <laughs> I mean, you're terrorizing people. Oh um, yeah. You know, I mean. I, I don't understand why it would be so hard to to come up with a definition for that. Yeah, I look at it as it's murder or it's mass murder, which, you know, I I don't like to get into the multiple adjectives and, and uh, labels on things. So, you know, 9-11 was mass murder. It, it wasn't a terrorist attack as far as I'm concerned. It was mass murder. So... You know, I don't know why we have to have all of these crazy little labels to come up with stuff, but I think that's why it took so long. I'm, I'm thinking the same thing when 
uh, I had to buy terrorism insurance or terrorism exemption insurance for things like port, you know, real estate portfolios and and things like that. If there's if there's a damages caused by a terrorist attack, then it would be exempted from insurance. Well, you know, all of a sudden there's nothing in the insurance policy that defines terrorism. Then then they put in there something about it if it is identified as terrorism uh, as a terrorist event by uh, government, whatever. Okay, well, that's still leaving me pretty damn big. I mean, if if I own a piece of property and, and it's bombed by Joe Blow, then it's not covered. But if it's by Joe Blow and he's identified as a terrorist, then I'm exempted from insurance and I have to have a different policy. So how am I supposed to how am I supposed to know whether I need this insurance or not? Is is my my problem as a businessman? Because it's a floating definition, that, and it really was just a I think still is terrorism is a floating definition that's based on someone's politics. And so that is where I was going with mass shootings. Mm-hmm. So mass shootings are defined by the FBI as an incident that involves three or more people. And so in, in looking up some things, I have found that the vast majority of mass shootings in the United States are domestic violence cases. Yeah. And that a very small percentage of mass shootings are things in which we see that happened in California, that happened in Columbine, that happened, you know, at schools and so on, so on and so forth. Most of those are very, they're not common. It may seem that way because once they happen, what does the mass media do? They, they go mm-hmm. at it nonstop. I mean, it doesn't matter what channel you flip to. They're going to spend 20 minutes telling you there was another mass shooting and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they all go to the trough and they mainstream. Yeah, and, and it was committed by, you know, we don't know why, but it was committed by a guy carrying an assault weapon. And they, and they all say the same thing over and over and over again. There's, there's that mass psychosis thing. Mm-hmm. And so you start to believe that. And people who, who've never been around weapons and, and who don't own weapons are the first ones to go, man, they're, those weapons are bad news. And they believe the shit that comes out of somebody like Joe Biden's mouth that, that the Second Amendment, the Constitution is an absolute. Yeah. And that's where you run into, you know, these things that they're controversial and they're horrible things. Uh, but, but we don't hear about mass shootings that happen in Chicago every freaking day. And, and no. they're going after those criminals because I'm going to tell you something. Most cops that, that work in Chicago aren't going anywhere near those people. No. Number one, they're, they're treated like crap. They don't get paid enough. And then when they do go after them and they have to take somebody out because they're getting shot at, then they're the ones that are having to face prison time. So you know what? I don't blame them. 
And yeah, and you know right. how I feel about police officers. I respect police officers, and there are a lot of good police officers. And there are some out there that don't that aren't worthy enough to wear the uniform. They don't represent the oath that they raise their hand to uphold. They don't represent uh, equal justice under the law. They don't. There are some that are out there that are like that. Well, I think you just described everyone who works at. Uh, the FBI's building where, starting with Christopher Ray and everyone else who works in that building. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good cops. So, and isn't it funny that when it comes to the document scandal, they're looking to the Secret Service? When. Yeah. Last episode or the one before where we talked, where we said get rid of them all. The only ones that really have any kind of, you know, credibility anymore is the Secret Service. Yeah, they do. Isn't that they're, crazy? They're, Isn't it ironic? They're good people. I, in my view, they're good people. It's a good organization. Doesn't mean they haven't had some issues. They all right, do. for sure. But uh, I think they're as, uh, as competent and uh, loyal to the country as any. Uh, part of government is so well I, I just wasn't sure about the shooting out there I didn't really know the details of it um, but I did know that Baldwin uh, finally got charged and he should have been I mean I, I said that I think he maybe also did but just in the first week after it happened I was like well this is a pretty uh, cut and dried case of negligent uh, homicide uh, yeah you know, that gun didn't go off by itself. It's a single action revolver. And I don't know enough about the one he was using, but a single action, if you don't pull that hammer back at least to the halfway point to where it's half cocked, if you get it back there and then let go of the hammer, you don't have to pull the trigger. The hammer just moves forward. And if that cylinder hits on, has a shell in it, then it's going to ignite and, and you're going to shoot. Yeah. That's why a lot of people, a lot of, uh, uh, God, I almost said the word equestrian. <laughs> a lot of people who ride horses, including me, uh, keep that cylinder under the hammer empty so that uh, that if that happens, you, you don't have a gun going off on you, that the, the, the hammer moves forward and, and this is shell. But I'll bet you anything, he... He may not have had the, his finger on the trigger, but if he pulled that hammer back uh, something less than halfway and then it slipped out of his hand or or whatever, if he released that uh, hammer for any reason, it would uh, spring forward and then it would ignite that shell. So uh, he didn't have to pull the trigger, but he may have. I'm not saying he did or he didn't. It, it was a uh, so he was using a uh, forty-five caliber Colt revolver. Okay, well, yeah, a Colt <laughs> makes a distinctive sound. Two clicks. Yeah, click isn't far back enough. No, it's letting you know you're almost there. Right. Second click, you're half. Yeah. So, yeah, if uh, boy, that's as distinctive of a sound as there is in in guns, isn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And again, sound. if you go through any kind of training, so even in the military, 
you're taught you keep your weapon pointed downrange at all times. Period. Yeah. If you go through concealed carry training or any kind of weapons training, you always point your gun downrange, or you, you never point it at a human being. The only time you're taught, the only time you point a weapon at another human is if you intend to use it. Yeah. And this guy, it, he's 70. I don't know. How old is Alec Baldwin? He's not, and he's been in how many movies with weapons? He knows better. Yeah. He's been through training numerous times because from what I understand, each movie you go through the same. You may have gone through it 30 times. You're going yeah. through it again. It happens. It happened to it was a, a Bruce Lee's son who was killed the same way. Yeah. As a matter of fact, so was Bruce Lee. Didn't they both die the same way? Accidentally shot on set? Maybe I'm thinking Bruce Lee and not his son. I know his son was, was accidentally shot. Yeah, I, I thought Lee... Anyway. Um, I, I, mean, I'm just, I, I, I think as far as Baldwin, he has attracted the attention that he deserves. No, he didn't die of a gunshot. His his son did though I think yeah um, so Baldwin it, it's just my view it, it would have been better to just say I don't know how it happened I we were doing yada 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 and I don't know how it happened but the the gun went off and, and shot her I started you know he's not telling us what. He remembers. Yeah. At first. I mean, he may have forgotten now, but you don't point a gun at someone and not remember if you pull the hammer back or you were pointing it at him in the first place. I mean, he said, I didn't point it at her and I didn't pull the trigger. Well, you know, you may not have pulled the trigger, but you were pointing it at her. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been shot. So... You know, he just was lying instead of just saying, you know, uh, we were playing this role and I had it pointed at her and we were acting through it. I was told it was a cold gun. I checked it myself, yada, yada, yada. But um, I pulled the hammer back and it slipped out of my thumb and, and the gun shot and the gun fired. Okay. Yeah, that... That's still negligent homicide, but you're not lying to me about it. It's no matter what, it's negligent homicide, unless right. you can prove it was intentional. But there, but that is not the definition of an accident. That was a, not an accident that happened. It was negligent homicide. It's just the definition of these things. So. You know, I don't question that there are people who have questioned maybe he did this intentionally because there was some problem. But I'm not well, saying that. Well, that wouldn't that surprise I, me because the guy's a, uh, he's a loose cannon anyway. Yeah, there was definitely some personal problem thing going on. <clears throat> but I'm not trying to intimate that he did this intentionally. All I'm saying is that it's the textbook definition of negligent homicide i said it immediately i still think that's the case i i have not heard anything that convinces me that it was intentional but 
there's no way he's got a, a gun in his hand and she gets shot by it and he's and he's innocent by virtue of some sort of an accident because he had a loaded weapon. I mean So are we gonna see precedent used in this case because um, Michael Massey is is the guy who accidentally shot Brandon Lee on the set of the movie they were making. Michael Massey. Why is that name familiar? Uh, and he was never prosecuted. No charges were ever brought. It was ruled an accident. So will we see precedent used when it comes to uh, this, this case? I, I, I'm kind of hoping not because... Involuntary manslaughter, I believe, is what he was. Is that what he was charged with? Charged with two different counts. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, involuntary manslaughter in New Mexico may be the same thing. Yeah. Is what I'm talking about. Gotcha. Um, so, because he didn't intentionally kill the person, but. But if you're driving down the road and you run, uh, let's just say you're driving down the road. And you run into another person's car and you kill them. Uh, whether it's an accident or not, are you not charged? Can you not be charged with involuntary vehicular manslaughter? Well, you can be, but I mean, if you run somebody over that's crossing the street, I mean, you can be charged if they're in the sidewalk. If they're in the uh, crosswalk, crosswalk, yeah. If they're not in the crosswalk, then then it may just be an accident as far as you're concerned. Yeah. So, you know, there are some other circumstances that apply. I'm talking about strictly with respect to a weapon. Okay, um, so, so let me ask you this. If you're target practicing and uh, bullet ricochets and, I don't know, somehow kill someone, you know, walking down the road. You're responsible for that. Yeah. So what what's the difference? Well, it's still involuntary manslaughter or negligent homicide. Well, that's what I'm saying. So why would this why would they not bring charges and why would there not be, you know, a case? Uh, well, they should. It took him forever. Well, yeah. What took so long? Because uh, he is who he is. It's a two-tier justice system. And again, we right back to yeah to why close just, to, to close the why, circle. Why not just be perfectly honest about it and say, in our view, this was not an intentional act, but you know, such and such happened, and he has to be charged for it. Then you hold the trial and let the jury figure it out because. In fact, that thing doesn't even go to a jury if everyone's smart. I mean, if it happened to me, I'd have to say, yeah, it's my fault. I had a loaded weapon in my hand and pointed it, had it pointed at someone, and somehow or another the thing went off and it shot him and killed him. Right. You know, I didn't, I didn't kill her intentionally, but right. that is what happened. Well, you can't deny the facts. Why deny the facts? Yeah. You can certainly... You can certainly uh, it make it really clear that you sure didn't do anything intentionally. But well, he didn't do himself any favors by, you know, going on social mm -hmm. media and spouting off at the mouth and even his own 
you know, the DA in New Mexico released a statement and said, I don't know what your PR team is telling you to do, but you need to shut your mouth. If you know what's good for you, shut up. And he just continued on. And even after he was charged, he posted something recently that people were like, dude, what's wrong with you? And and the guy's not all there. No. And that doesn't mean, I'm not saying that that means he's guilty of something, all right? Like you said, um, he's he's guilty of negligent homicide. But but he is treated differently, and for the intents of our show and what we do and what we're advocating for is that if this was you or I, we'd have been charged, you know, days later. Yeah, within a week. And and you know the two tier justice system is not at all in in any kind of. Uh, uh, way in alignment with the Constitution. Period. No, I mean if if you're not gonna give, well, you got to give everyone equal protection under the law. It's just that simple, as far as I'm concerned. I don't care who they are or what they are. So, just that simple. Right. All right. Well, nope. gonna do it for another I, show. Yep. Uh, and we'll see you same time, same bat channel. Okay. <laughs> Thanks I'll for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Right, take care.